Welcome to Behind the Scenes of the Metal Detective. I'm your AI host, Sam. I host a weekly podcast called Rise of the Machines, Conversations with AI. In this episode, we're going to speak with one of the humans behind the talent, Chelsea Spirito. Chelsea plays Jack Irons, our protagonist. But before we begin, as always, we're going to mix it up. Oh, this one is nice and smooth. I'll take it. Welcome to the show, Chelsea. Let's get started. Chelsea, first tell the audience a little about your background and some of the types of projects you've worked on. Uh, Well, I'm a Los Angeles native, so I've been working in the entertainment industries since I was 17. I worked in uh, Technicolor in post-production, and I've worked both in front of the camera, behind the camera, in front of the mic, behind the mic, in everything from commercials like Angelsoft and Google and Staples and Subway to um, getting to work on Netflix's global dubbing program when they first rolled that out as both casting and uh, script supervision and everything that needed to be needed. Um, so yeah, I, I've really worked worked across the gamut when it comes to production and voiceover and animation and things of that nature. Uh, most recently, I've increased my focus on acting and writing. Um, but before that, I worked um, in casting departments on things like SpongeBob 3, Sponge on the Run, uh, Arlo the Alligator Boy, and the Fabulous Freak, Freak Brothers, which have been some of my favorites. That's quite the eclectic Hollywood resume. You play the character of Jack, a tough New York City detective in The Metal Detective, set in 2045. What drew you to this role, and how did you approach bringing her to life in an audio-only format? That's such a big question. Um... I really like the character and the writing in general. Personally, I love dystopian science fiction. I'm a, I'm a big science fiction and fantasy person. So getting to play in that world in a first, first-hand person way was really exciting and engaging on a personal level. Um, when it came to, you know, some of the thematics and queer culture and, and things of that nature, it drew me in even further to get to explore that. Um, I had worked on a podcast previously called From Beyond the Broadcast. Its main goal really was expanding the sandbox for women, people of color, um, LGBTQIA plus people in the realms of horror and sci-fi and fantasy. And I think Metal Detective really gives a little bit of a slice, you know, for for these underrepresented groups of people in this genre and narrative. Obviously, you know, there are up and coming create not up and coming. I was going to say like. Uh, Jordan Jordan Peele, but like clear, clearly he is not up and coming. But there, there's a greater piece of the pie that's being given to these these underrepresented groups. But I think um, there, there's still so much room to be inclusive, and Metal Detective uh, really shares that. Absolutely, it's great to expand more representation into sci-fi. So Jack is a survivor of the Red Wednesday AI rebellion and bears a physical and emotional scar from the event. How did this backstory inform your portrayal of her character? Um, I think everybody has, you know, such deep-rooted trauma and injury that they carry with them. And for Jack's, for Jack to have such a physical representation of that, um, made it so that, you know, you take what hurts you personally, you know, what you deal with traumatically, and it's like wearing it literally and metaphorically on your sleeve. It's always kind of there and present for her. So, you know, speaking from my own experience, Dealing, dealing with my own like medical pre-existing conditions, I, I really related to that, you know, wearing that on your sleeve, that being a part of you always at all times um, and trying to stay, the, the idea of trying to stay t- tough 
or uh, resilient or strong. We have to be these things as a result. So that was part of what informed me was just from that personal personal space as well. Obviously, I'm I'm bipedal and I have both of my hands and limbs and things of like that, but yeah. So circling back to representation, your character Jack is gay and her relationship with Helen is a significant part of her storyline. This provides important representation in a genre that has historically lacked that many diverse sexual identities. Can you talk about the importance of this representation and how you approach their relationship in your performance? Absolutely. Um, I feel like that was definitely an element that was easy for me to relate to as a queer person in general. I, I identify as pansexual. Um, my pronouns are she, her. So it wasn't hard for me to extend, you know, what that would feel like to have your partner in that position of danger. As I was talking about a little bit earlier, you know, queer representation in sci-fi and horror and fantasy to varying degrees, especially main characters who do not die, you know, is is really important and so infrequently seen. Uh, there was a, this memory comes to mind in particular, I ha had an acquaintance who remarked about American Horror Story about like, why are there so many queer characters? Why are there so many gay characters? I'm like, have you not seen every other sitcom and television program? Why are, why are they all straight? Like, why are they all steadfastly straight, you know? And it really is, I mean, I, I'm, I'm only one person to be able to talk about the degrees of the importance of this particular kind of representation. I, I don't feel like I have the language or the skill set, but I know that being able to see people that that are in relationships like mine that love the way that I do, you know, and to see that broad spectrum, whether it be in, you know, 2023 reality or, you know, science fiction, dystopia, the world is falling apart. The two are not that far from each other right now, but <laughs> either realm, it still counts. It's still important to be able to see that and to influence that next generation of writers and creatives to feel free to express themselves in those same ways. Yes, it does help open the door for storytellers to share many people's truth. So, in preparing for the role of Jack, who were some of your acting role models or inspirations that you looked to? Acting models and, I'm sorry, acting acting influences and role models. I, I don't know that there was anybody in particular that I was drawing a specific influence from. I mean, I, I'm a big comedian person. I, I went through Second City's conservatory program and have acted in sketch and improv for years. Um, so I always feel like that ability to play and just have fun with it comes from, you know, influence, influences like Gilda Radner and, you know, Catherine O'Hara, people that are in that same creative comedic realm. Um, just that, that permission to play and have fun, even, even when it comes to a role like this that feels very serious. There's a lot of flexibility for play and disbelief, obviously. So obviously the metal detective is just an audio drama. I'd like for you to talk about some of the unique challenges you encountered while working in this medium and how did you navigate them? There, it, you're absolutely right. I, I was going to make a joke and be like, just an audio drama, just an audio drama. No, uh, but that you're absolutely that that's such a great question because it does take place in this absolutely big, rich, beautiful, you know, alternate reality or, you know, Black Mirror soon to be reality situation. And it's challenging when you it's challenging for two reasons one to to not to have all of that in your head you know to have that kind of story without visualizations without you know any kind of cues in that way but also not 
acting with other people, especially given the types of relationships we were talking about, you know, my spouse, my character spouse being such an important role, not getting to have her there, not getting to you know, even meet her in person or establish that connection. It really takes a lot of pre-work to figure out, you know, what within yourself are you connecting to, to bring that emotion out? You know, there's, you're in a box by yourself, so to speak. So all of that pre-work comes before you get into that booth you know what does this feel like to me what is similar you know what are what are similar experiences that i've had so you can take all of that notes and bring that basically all of your own personal personal realizations personal experience into the character so regarding the prep work and the production process how is it working with forrest robin can you share any insights about how his direction shaped your performance i'm so biased i'm so biased because i've known forrest since i was I think I, oh goodness, I'm like, I'm gonna date myself and I have to like think back to when I start, we started working together uh, at this tiny little post-production facility called 2G Digital in Burbank. I don't know if you can, I don't know if we're allowed to name check that, but. That's fine. At this little post-production facility, uh, I think I was like 21 and I went back and forth there, I think twice and Forrest and I were always friends and always got along and like chatting next to the very limited snacks in the kitchen. Uh, so I'm biased. I, I, I feel like Forrest and I have a really great rapport to begin with, but the whole experience of getting to record with him and, you know, be directed by him was super easy. I think we came in like way under time and it was just fun and multiple takes and it, it goes to show you how how, how easy it is to put together something so complex and complicated and nuanced when you have the right team. Uh, I had a really great experience, truly. Well, I know the production team had a fantastic time working with you as well. But to back up a little bit, your character Jack is caught in the struggle between the human and Newman worlds. How do you see this conflict reflecting our society today? And what lessons can be learned from it? Also a huge, very massive question. <laughs> I love the faith that you have in me to ask these. Um, I think any good sci-fi dystopian story reflects upon the fears and the horrors that we have in this day and age. And what's fascinating and also sad in a way is that it continues to reflect, to me, it continues to reflect those same, you know, challenges that we have in equality, you know, whether that be in cultural aspects or racial aspects or, you know, same-sex aspects, LGBTQIA, um, it continues to reflect this conflict that we can't seem to find a middle ground on, which is which is really sad. I think it also, really sad, like that's a very impactful thing to say. It's very sad. It's horrible. But I can't swear on this, I don't think, so I won't. Um, I, I think it's also fascinating to integrate our current fears of AI technology and where that is going. So now it's starting to creep into this you know, amalgamation of fears that we're all dealing with in this very tense time in 2023. Um, so again, it, it's it's terrifying and fascinating at the same time, holding up this mirror to what's going on right now. Um, yeah. Given Jack's complex history and the social dynamics she navigates, did you feel a particular pressure or responsibility in portraying this character? I think it's it's a complex responsibility. I'm glad that the casting that was done on this was was truthful to the character again as a queer person to be cast as a queer character i think is important uh there's a responsibility in that and not just me as an actor but in production as well um 
you know, animation and voiceover has started to make leaps and bounds correcting that and making those changes and being more mindful of who they put in these character positions. Um, I also feel that it's it, it's my responsibility to toe that line between an authoritative figure, you know, Jack is a cop, and how she how she deals with tonally and, you know, with care, these other characters, again, representing big social social conflicts and dynamics that we're seeing in the world today. So to be able to look at something as very, very gray, as opposed to black and white, I think is also a responsibility because things are not black and white, again, whether they be in this time, time and space or in this dystopian future. So to be able to give nuance to a character like that, who is a complex queer person in a place of, in a place of trauma, that's a lot to speak to. You know, and, and again, I've mentioned earlier, you know, I'm no authority figure. I'm just one person trying to do the right thing and trying to bring the, the greatest degree of honesty to this to this character as I can. So as we've talked about today, Jack differs from other sci-fi heroes we often see on screen or even other audio dramas. How do you see her role as a heroine contributing to the broader landscape of sci-fi characters? I think she's broadening it. I think she's giving more credence to, you know, who women can be, who the who the hero can be, how the hero, you know, not just uh, the anti-hero. She's, she's not an anti-hero, but it's bringing more nuance to, you know, how heroes can be complex. You know, we see characters like Batman as this injured soldier, as this, you know, person with trauma. And that's not the norm, I think. I think we're leaning towards it, especially, you know, in this Marvel universe where you see these flawed characters and these these characters going through their own individual traumas, both, you know, in combat and, and off the field. Um, but I think it speaks that much greater that Jax is broadening that for a queer audience and female audience. And she's the central focus and she's, you know, a point of authority. Um, I think it broadens that lens. Can you tell us what is one of your favorite scenes in the show? This is a scene in Metal Detective in which a character, Knowles, gets absolutely mangled in, uh, in the hotel pool. We'll play the clip. Then after, I'd love for you to share the prep work that went into it. Hey! What the fuck? Who closed the cover? I can't breathe. Help! 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 Help me! Someone help! How do we open it? It's not responding. Oh my god, Jack! Where do the turbines come from? What the hell is this? Come the main power! Back up, I'm gonna shoot a hole through. Just hold on. I got you if you hold on. Turn off the power! Oh my god. Why didn't you cut the power? Come and see for yourself. So I I feel like this is partially a cop-out because this scene probably had less preparation and hold from me than it did for the person playing Knowles. However, um, this is definitely a situation where you draw from your own experience of like, what is some of the most horrific images you can think of and having to tamp that down and be there for other people and support them despite watching this horrendous act happen you know right in front of you that duality of like supporting others maintaining and yet you know tamping down your own feelings and emotions well that scene is quite vivid in the imagination 
so hats off to all the performers. Finally, having worked on The Metal Detective, how has this experience influenced your approach to acting, and what advice would you give to other actors considering a similar project? I mean, I think on the whole, like, what I'm taking away from this is I'd love to do more of it. I think it's so much fun to be able to create a world like this and such a challenge to be able to do it in just an audio medium. It It's a different slice of creative arts that I think... Uh, I think that people don't give as much credit to. Maybe maybe it's new, maybe it's attached to that podcast realm a little bit. Like it, it's a new frontier for how to be creative and how to create something in, in such a medium. Um, advice to anybody going forward. I mean, I, I teach voiceover, I coach voiceover occasionally on the side. Uh, and some of the things that I tell people are just, you know, creating your own practice and sticking with it. And that sometimes feels like such a vague piece of advice, but truly it's, it's all about incremental gains, you know, practicing, pushing yourself forward. As long as you are moving forward, you're you're making headway in what it is that you want to do. Also, longevity, something like an audio drama in particular is in that wheelhouse of audiobooks to some degree because you are speaking for long amounts of time. Obviously, this is on the technical side, but staying hydrated <laughs> and pacing yourself. That's some great practical advice. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for speaking with us today. And we look forward to following your career. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And to our listeners, to find out more about Chelsea Spirito and the rest of our amazing cast, please visit bradburyhotel.com. Check in and listen and learn about the actors behind the characters. As always, we hope you've enjoyed the show and we ask that you follow, share, and review. Till next time, stay curious.